Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team has made some more roster moves official. We'll talk about those. Plus, Mel Kuyper Jr. did another pre-draft conference call. We'll do a little bit of breakdown when it comes to the quarterback position. That'll be featured in the upcoming NFL draft. Plus, your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on a loaded Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you around and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it's available. If YouTube is your platform of choice, all good. It's possible because my guy Ari, he's putting in the work. You can find him on Twitter at Ari Produces. And today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Got a lot to get to on today. Today's show, a lot of NFL news and notes, talk about roster moves, talk about guys that the Raiders have lost, hear from Mel Kuyper Jr., and of course, hear from you off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. But before we get into any of that, want to get serious for a minute. I always say here on the show that uh, life is bigger than football, and on Wednesday, life reared its ugly head again for someone that's very close to the Silver and Black. Matter of fact, as far as I'm concerned, still a member of the Silver and Black, even though he's a current free agent, and that's tight end Foster Morrow. Of course, the Raiders drafted him out of L. LSU. Uh, he's a fan favorite, really good dude. I've talked to him many times in the Raiders locker room and saw a tweet from him while I was on the radio station on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. I was middle of my show and I saw a tweet from Foster and I saw it and I was like, whoa. And I was in the middle of an interview and I kind of lost my concentration reading it. And then when I went to click on it, it was gone. It disappeared. So I thought, okay, well, maybe someone's just playing a trick, a dirty trick, right? A real foul trick, but then it was Twitter. So I can't rule anything out, right? And then all of a sudden it popped up again and I realized oh no wait hold on this is real and so unfortunately and this happens and again I always say life is way bigger than football sometimes it's just got to hit close to you and this is hitting very close to the silver and black Foster Morrow diagnosed with cancer he put out on Twitter through somewhat of a miraculous process his free agents period has been life-changing for me during a routine physical conducted by the Saints medical team down in New Orleans I've come to learn that I have Hodgkin's lymphoma and will be stepping away from football at this time to fight a new opponent cancer I'm grateful for the support and thankful for people who have stood firm with me there hasn't been a single step I've taken without hundreds of people lighting the path before me and I'll continue to seek their guidance that being said I'll go kick this thing's ass and get back to doing what I love AMDG and that is Foster Morrow on Twitter right there put out about a three tweet uh, message saying that and that's when I realized oh wow this is real and you know I always say that things happen for a reason and you never know what what kind of turn life is going to give you. But just think about this. Think if Foster wasn't a free agent. Think if he hadn't made a trip to New Orleans and probably was going to end up signing there. I was just talking about him on a Wednesday's show that I thought that's where he was going to end up in New Orleans. He takes a physical with the, the Saints, and that's how he finds out that he has Hodgkin's lymphoma. What if he had another year on his Raiders contract and he was with the team for another year and he wasn't going to do a physical? What then, right? And I mean, I always hate to think the worst, 
But I'm just, I always like to realize that things happen for a reason. And if he catches this early, which it sounds like he did catch this early, he has a great opportunity to fight this, beat this, and overcome it. If you remember, Eric Berry, who was the safety for the Chiefs, went through this as well, and he was able to fight it, overcome it, and return to the NFL. And I have no doubt that Foster's going to do exactly what he said. I'll kick this thing's ass and get back to doing what I do. So uh, there you go. So that's the latest and the greatest when it comes to Foster. And obviously, there's nothing great about that. But uh, just sometimes, again, reality is life is way bigger and way more important than what we sit here and argue and fight and be and moan about all the time, uh, either on the podcast, on the radio, at a sports bar, whatever the case may be. We all have complaints. We're all upset. We're all screaming at the mountaintops. And then all of a sudden, reality and life hits you straight in the face, right? Like this one did for Foster. So all prayers to Foster Morrow and his family. And uh, hopefully he's able to uh, overcome this, kick this square in the backside, like he said he will. Now, on to some football news because, well, that's what's going on as well when it comes to the silver and black is it's in the middle of the offseason and they've been signing guys right and left. I know not a lot of guys that people are super fired up and excited about, but they're still adding players to the roster and they did that as well on Wednesday. Signed two more guys unrestricted free agents. First of all, early in the morning on Wednesday, cornerback David Long Jr. Uh, that became official. He was originally a third round pick in 2019 by the Rams. Spent his first four years in the league with the club. Appeared in 52 games with 10 starts. Has 75 tackles, one interception, and seven passes defense. Last season, Long played in 12 games with four starts and recorded a career-high 21 tackles, appeared in six career postseason con contests with one start and posted 12 tackles, one interception, returned for a touchdown, and one pass defense. And the one thing I can say about David Long Jr., not saying he's the end-all, be-all and going to be the next great cornerback for the Silver and Black, but last season with the Rams, he was definitely not in a scheme that fit him very well. They had him in a zone coverage where he's definitely a press man-to-man -man cover corner. So that's what we know that Patrick Graham as a defensive coordinator wants to run so at least regardless what the case may be regardless of the name regardless of the contract length no matter how much money they're giving these guys at least they're going out and getting guys that they believe can fit with what they want to do and Patrick Graham wants to be bump and run David Long Jr. is a bump and run corner, but they weren't done there. They also signed unrestricted free agent tight end Austin Hooper. He was a guy that I talked about quite a bit on Wednesday's show, said that he was coming in for a visit, and it's crazy. He came in for a visit with the Raiders, but uh, everyone that was everyone, as far as the Raiders are concerned, were in Columbus, Ohio at Ohio State's Pro Day. Talking about GM Dave Ziegler, head coach Josh McDaniels, uh, assistant GM Champ Kelly, they were all there. In, uh, in 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 at Ohio State checking out the pro day for uh, for the Ohio State Buckeyes where they had five guys actually in attendance as far as the Raider representation the Carolina Panthers who picked number one overall had fourteen members coach owner staff. Right. I mean, scouts, all kind of guys, GM, uh, everyone was there, uh, all kind of different coaches on the staff. They had 14 members of the team there at the pro day for Ohio State. So while the Raiders had Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, Champ Kelly and a few others, they were also taking care of business when it came to tight end Austin Hooper. Six foot four, a 254 pound tight end joins the Raiders after spending last season with the Titans. Two time Pro Bowl selection was originally selected by the Falcons in the third round of the 2016 draft and spent his first four NFL seasons with the club before spending two seasons with the Browns. Uh, he appeared in 105 career games with 59 starts and total 339 receptions for 3,468 yards and 25 TDs. Last season, Hooper played in 17 games with two starts for the Titans, had 41 catches, 444 yards, and two touchdowns. Since 2016, 
Hooper's 339 receptions ranks fourth in the NFL amongst all tight ends, and he's recorded at least three touchdowns in six of his seven NFL seasons. So there you go. Austin Hooper is added to the mix, added to that tight end room, and I'm not saying that he's going to replace Darren Waller, but now all of a sudden you have Austin Hooper, you have O.J. Howard, you have a couple more guys, right? Jesper Horstead has been added as well, so you got the Triple H effect when it comes to the tight ends. Hooper, Howard, and Horstead are all in the mix right now, and I would not be shocked at all to see the Raiders dip into the draft and get another tight end. Obviously, it's not a priority, especially after uh, adding Austin Hooper, but this is a very deep class when it comes to the tight ends, so I could definitely see them adding another tight end. The Raiders also lost uh, a free agent on Wednesday, and that was uh, linebacker Denzel Perryman. He signs with the Houston Texans, and uh, that kind of was the belief all along. I felt like it was either going to be the Texans or the Titans, and eventually he signs with Houston. Uh, it said, uh, according to Adam Schefter, the Texans added again, this time signing former Raiders linebacker Denzel Perryman. The disruptive pro bowler had 154 tackles in 2021, 14 tackles for loss last year. Now gets a one-year deal in Houston for D'Amico Ryans. And I, I could see Denzel Perryman working really well under D'Amico Ryans. I think he's going to be a hell of a coach. He was obviously a really good defensive coordinator. All those guys in San Francisco really like playing for him. And I could totally see Denzel Perryman fitting in well with what D'Amico Ryans wants to do. But I think it tells you all you need to know that he signed a one-year deal in Houston. Even though he had a phenomenal 2021 season when he became a pro bowler, the fact is that his availability is just not there. Every single year of his career, he's missed games, and that's really what's plagued him and slowed him down from being the player that he really could have been. We know he's a, a liability in coverage, but uh, I just for effort and availability, uh, I'm with Denzel Perriman. I think he's a hell of a player, but kind of knew that all the games that he missed in 2022 was going to end up costing him his job with the silver and black, but definitely root for Perriman. He was a hell of a player. He goes on to Houston. I think he'll be a hell of a player under D'Amico Ryans because, again, he is that good of a coach. And uh, obviously we haven't seen him as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, thought he was great and thought he, his guys got fired up to play for him. So I'm sure Denzel will be no different and probably be a leader on that Houston defense as well. But that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, Mel Kiper Jr. had his pre-draft conference call. Oh, man, it's call number one. As a matter of fact, he'll have another one before the draft actually happens. Always love hearing from Mel. He gives some really uh, thought-out, detailed answers. We'll just hear from the quarterbacks. Talk about the quarterbacks in segment number two. Of course, that's an area of need, not really the high priority for the silver and black, but still quarterback. You want to know who the quarterback of the future is going to be. So we'll do all things quarterbacks in segment number two. We'll get into other positions on tomorrow's show, and then we'll get to calls and texts coming up in segment number three before we do any of that though i do want to tell you about FanDuel. it is the title sponsor of today's show and with the tournament getting back to action today it's heating up more than ever it's a perfect time to download FanDuel. it's america's number one sports book new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe secure and it's super easy to bet or easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line points scored three balls that are hitting the game does not matter FanDuel's got you covered they even let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn about more make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into a little Mel Kiper Jr. pre-draft conference call. 
Conference call number one, as a matter of fact, and we're going to talk all things quarterbacks here in segment number two. And it's funny, before we get into that, uh, my guy Gizmo sent in a text on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. And he said, hey, Q, just wanted to check in real quick and let you know the only reason I listen to your pod in the offseason is to hear you say Mel Kiper Jr. (laughs) On the real, thanks for bringing us the latest and the greatest Raiders content. I appreciate you, and I'm sure all the Raider Nation does appreciate the hardest working man at Radio 2. Stay up, Raiders. That's from Geese Mode. It's funny, some people love it when I say Mel Kiper Jr., and some people hate it, but... It's what it is. It's what I do. You want to real quick go over what Mel put out as far as his top 10. He put out his latest mock draft. That was 3.0. Talked about that on Wednesday's show. But just to get you caught up, just in case you missed it, Carolina at number one, he had quarterback C.J. Stroud. At number two for Houston, quarterback Bryce Young. He had Indy trading up to number three to get quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky. Arizona to number four, switched with Indy, taking defensive lineman Will Anderson out of Alabama. Seattle, number five, he had quarterback Anthony Richardson from Florida. Detroit at number six, he has defensive tackle Jalen Carter, the young man out of Georgia. And for the Raiders at seven, cornerback Christian Gonzalez. Number eight, cornerback Devon Witherspoon uh, for ATL. Atlanta, he's got them taking Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. Chicago at number nine, offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State. And then rounding out the top ten, Philadelphia Eagles taking guard Peter Skoronsky out of Northwestern. So those were his top ten selections on his latest mock draft. That's mock draft 3.0. But as I mentioned, wanted to let you hear from him when it comes to the quarterback position. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Just got a couple cuts that I want you to hear. Again, very detailed and thought out answers, and that's what I really can appreciate from Mel and even Daniel Jeremiah. I think they do a great job just kind of breaking it down and giving you as much information and as much why to why they're making these selections in their mock drafts. So the first one, Mel Kuyper Jr. is talking about what teams he believes might decide to trade up in the draft, possibly up to number three, to grab a quarterback. And I'll tell you off top, he only put one trade in his top ten. That's for a reason. But let's hear what Mel's got to say about potential trades in the upcoming draft. Uh, that's a hard one. I'm not big into projecting trades. McShay always forces me to do this, and I, I always reluctantly have to do one or two, but I, I only did the one. One's already happened, the big one with uh, with Carolina. I didn't think Carolina would, would sit where they were. I didn't think they'd go all the way to one, but they gave up a lot to get there, and they did it. I thought they'd go up to maybe five, four, or three, but to go up to one, they, they gave up a lot. Now they have the number one pick, and they got to figure it out, whether it's Stroud or whether it's Bryce Young. Um yeah, I think what, what, is Arizona going to be looking to move off of three and just drop down to four to with Indy? Is Indy going to feel a need to go up one spot? Say, hey, why go up one spot? Why not just sit at four? Well, if you have a quarterback that you want, whether it's Levis or whether it's Anthony Richardson, and you got to go up one spot to get that guy or else somebody else is going to get him, then you got to do it. So I thought Indy could do that, whether it's Levis or Richardson, they could possibly do it or just sit at four. Uh, if they sit there, I don't know. I mean, that's hard to say because I could see Seattle. You got to remember, Jalen Carter's in this mix now. He's the best player in this draft on ability. Anthony Richardson's going to be around at some point here. Levis is going to be around here. The two corners, Gonzalez and Witherspoon, Witherspoon from Illinois, both really good players. And then the O lineman. So, and a fast rising player in Nolan Smith, a linebacker from Georgia, where I'm going 12 to Houston as a guy. I think the Miko Ryans will look at. Him and say, I see myself in Nolan Smith as a foundation piece on defense and linebacker for the Houston Texans at 12. So there's a lot of good players there. I don't know if you're going to see too many deals. Uh, these quarterbacks are highly regarded. Teams need them. I think Seattle could take a quarterback. If they don't, they could maybe deal out. But uh, projecting trades is really hard. You heard Vegas early on, but now it's simmered down just a bit. Um, you'll, I think you'll see a lot of dealing between, say, 10 and 20, 10 and 25. 
But for the top part, uh, I had the one trade, four to three for Indy moving up to, with Arizona to get the quarterback in Arizona, still getting Will Anderson Jr. by moving down from three to four. So there you go. You hear he's not a big fan of having to uh, guesstimate on where the trades could go. But he did list off some teams that could be in the, the running. And, and you know, I, I play that soundbite because, look, the Raiders are in the running. I don't think that they're going to do it. Honestly, each and every day that goes by, I feel like they're going to sit there at number seven and just let that best defensive player fall to him. And I think that that would be the best option, maybe even possibly trading back. But I just don't see them trading up. I really do believe that C.J. Stroud was going to be their quarterback number one, and I could be way off. That's just my gut feeling. I do believe that was the guy that they were targeting as they were trying to trade up with Chicago all the way to number one to get that spot for a reason. And I think that's to grab C.J. Stroud, but we'll see. So I don't expect to see the Raiders move up from seven, but again, <laughs> once the draft hits, you just don't know how everything's going to shake out. So keeping this party rolling, of course, we're talking about four quarterbacks that we know are going to go early, right? C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, whatever order you want to put them in, one, two, doesn't matter, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. And of course, you can put those in any order you want. But if you go back to his top 10, and that's why I ran off his top 10 in his latest mock draft, he had four quarterbacks in the first five selection. He went C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, then Will Anderson, defensive lineman out of uh, Alabama, and then the fourth quarterback was Anthony Richardson out of Seattle. So uh, the question that was posed to him about this year's quarterback class with four guys being drafted in the top five, according to him, is this an all-time quarterback class or are teams being needy and reaching for a quarterback because, well, they're quarterbacks? Bryce always had the elite grade. You knew the size was going to be an issue, but you know he's a great quarterback, so he was going to be up there at the top. You knew that C.J. Stroud had a chance to be based on what he did last year, and he just went out and did exactly the same thing. I mean, he's at 70% the last two years. He doesn't throw interceptions. And what he did against Georgia, you wish you would have seen that. He didn't have any rushing touchdowns. So, again, he'll be able to use those legs in the NFL to beat a defense. So that put him way up there. Anthony Richardson just on talent. I think that Utah game. I think people look at that and say, boy, if we could just bottle that game. We, we always say for C.J. Stroud, we could bottle the Georgia game, right? If we could bottle that Utah game for, for, for Anthony. Boy, he's spectacular. So, again, and I think, like I said, if you can just figure out and, and do what Josh did, Josh Allen, just figure it out, get the people. Everybody has to work on those things, and he can work on it and, and, and hopefully fix that. So, I think, you know, the, the, the talent of them, and Will Levis. I love Will Levis. Some don't think he's going to go as high as that. Uh, I think you throw out 2022. Why would you evaluate 2022 when he was playing with significant injuries, beat up from head to toe? He couldn't move. He had nine rushing touchdowns in 2021. He had zero over the last eight games this year because he couldn't move. He couldn't plan. He couldn't throw. That affects your accuracy. He was behind in games where he just kind of threw it up. The interceptions were, were didn't even matter. What's the difference? You're going to lose by 15, 20, or you lose by 30, 35. Does it really matter? Um, he, and, he, and he stayed out there and he gutted it out. He was showed up for their bowl game to at least be there. He didn't. He wasn't absent from their bowl game. He did not travel for their bowl game. He wasn't not with their team for their bowl game. He was with them every step of the way. That showed something. So uh, is he perfect? No. The turnovers, you got to fix that. Daniel Jones fixed it. Josh Allen fixed it. I think you can fix that. So uh, I'm higher on Will Levis than some people are. We'll see. But to answer your question, I think it came together for those guys, Stroud, and, and Richardson had that one great game, but talent of those guys is going to win out, and Bryce Young had always been way up there. Um, we'll have three, possibly four, going very, very high, and all four should have a chance to be, if things fall right, have a chance to be great. Now, Anthony Richardson, there's that boomer bust. Something Will Levis is boomer bust. Bryce Young's size makes you worry, right? 
And C.J. Stroud, will he take that Georgia game and build on it? So there is concerns with every one, but they're still all four going to go very high. I thought that was a great question, and I thought it was a really great detailed answer by Mel Kuyper Jr. as well on that. Just because, again, I mean, when's the last time you actually saw four quarterbacks go in the first five picks, and they're all great? At one stage or the other, they all turn into something great, right? And, and all these quarterbacks, none of them are perfect. But you think back to last year's draft and the quarterbacks that went in the first round, can you remember which ones went in the first round? I'll tell you, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett out of Pitt went to Pittsburgh. The only quarterback that went in the first round in 2022 was Kenny Pickett. So now all of a sudden, you turn around a year later and four guys are going in the top five. And, and look, even if they don't go in that order, you feel pretty confident that those four guys are going to go in the top 10, right? So are all, they, are all of them going to be good? Are one of them, is one of them going to be good? Is two of them going to be like, what's it, what's going to happen? Is CJ going to be great and Bryce be great or will Levis and Anthony Richardson be great and the other two not worth the salt? Like the chances of all four being really good is not great. And a lot of it feels like, well, these teams, they want a quarterback so bad that they just got to go get one just to say that they got one. And that's what I don't want the Raiders to do. And that's something that I talked about early in this whole process is don't reach just to get a quarterback to say you you have a quarterback. And that's the one thing Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have made very clear. They're not going to do that. If their guy's not there, they're not going to get him, right? They do anticipate drafting a quarterback, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in round one. It could be in round two. It could be round three. It could be later in the draft. Again, they have 12 draft picks. So they'll come out of the draft with a quarterback, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be one of those top four. And again, if your guy's not there, if you're not 100% sold on him, don't take him just because he's a quarterback. The defense needs to be addressed. Address the defense. Address the defense. Address the defense. Hell, take your chances with Jimmy G and see what happens, right? So there's that. I thought that was a great answer there from Mel talking about the quarterback class. Now, the one that is intriguing to a lot of folks that has the the, the boom or bust type, you know, it could end up being the greatest quarterback ever in Anthony Richardson, or it could be a bad quarterback, right? You know he's got all the athletic ability in the world. He wowed everybody at the combine. He's got me thinking about, well, if the Raiders took him, how could they use him and get him on the field? I mean, I think he, everybody is thinking, well, if Anthony Richardson was the quarterback of the team, what, what would that look like? And I don't mean just the Raiders I mean every team right any team that needs a quarterback has got to think at least what could Anthony Richardson bring to the table so here's Mel Kuyper Jr. talking about Anthony Richardson the quarterback out of Florida what makes him special and where does he think the best fit would be I'll tell you what he's special because he's so gifted and I said back before the season began that he could be a guy could be elite and I saw the Utah game and I'm watching that game and Dan Orlovsky's calling the game and Dano's raving about him and I'm thinking boy he's the number one pick in the draft uh, there's no question. He's going to have. He's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. And it didn't work out the rest of the year to the extent of maybe the bar was raised too high against Utah. They were an underdog in that game, slight underdog. They won the game. He, he he was Superman in that game. He was Superman, no question about it. And then the next week against Kentucky, completes forty percent of his passes, throws a couple picks. I think he had six carries for four yards. Kentucky contained them. They frustrated them. He looked like anything but the number one pick in the draft, okay? And there were times this year where he flashed it again, but there were times this year where he's missing layups, and then he's missing throws in the middle of the field. He's missing throws deep, um, missing throws to all levels, missing, like I say, bubble screens. He's bouncing it to the left, bouncing it to the right, low with the throw, high. Um, that's the inconsistency with accuracy that bothers you. But, again, I said this about two months ago. I would get to Josh Allen. I'd, be like, I'd call him, Josh, who are your guys? Who did you work with? And Josh has talked about what he's done just mechanically in terms of throwing the football to get to be a consistent passer and an accurate, precise passer. And that's what 
Anthony Richardson. He's got the work ethic. He's got the passion for the game. Tough. He'll be one of the top running quarterbacks in the league immediately when he's a starter. He'll be right up there with the elite running quarterbacks. He'll go for a thousand. He'll be going for probably close to a thousand yards rushing, just like Justin did, Fields did, what Josh does, you know, what Lamar does, all those, uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Jalen Hurts. He's going to be one of the best running quarterbacks in the league right away. The passing, though, you can one third down, miss open guys. Then you're punt. Okay. And then you have easy, you got, he's got to fix that. He's, and I think the time he needs will be provided by a team like Seattle. He said, what's the best fit? It's a team that can allow him time and not pressure him to be. He's like a 13 career starts. That's it. That's a red flag. That's an immediate red flag. It's like, we can't take him. And if we can't take it to so 13 starts is nothing. Okay. So again, the inexperience is a factor against him. But if you can let him, as I always say, sit, watch, and learn. And people say, ah, you can't do that. Well, you have done it. You know, Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. Okay. They're letting guys, you're going to let guys sit for a little bit. Uh, you know, Jordan Love's finally playing now. They're going to finally play in Green Bay. So for Anthony Richardson, just give him at least a year to settle in. He's still young. He's only about 21 years of age. Uh, I think Seattle would be perfect with Geno Smith there. If Geno continues on to be great, then Anthony Richardson waits. If, if Geno's just a one-year wonder, then you got Anthony developing. It's kind of a win-win. So I think it's a bonus pick for Seattle in the Russell Wilson trade. They pick again at 20. I think Seattle, to me, on paper – logically thinking it out would be the perfect spot for him there you go good breakdown right there on anthony richardson he gave you everything that's special about him and why he could be special but then also let it be known why he could not be special why he you know is a big question mark you know missing wide open guys on third down you know just accuracy and i'm not one of those guys that believes you're going to get a whole lot better when it comes to accuracy either you're accurate or you're not and i know you can work on it and you could improve your game a little bit i just don't think you can all of a sudden become great if you're not already an accurate dude, like you've got to have some of those traits under your, your, your belt before you, you, you know, you get to the big dance. You know, if you do, then maybe you could work on it and improve it a little bit. But I just feel like accuracy is one of those traits. You either have it or you don't. And obviously Mel Kuyper picked Anthony Richardson to go number five in Seattle. I think that's a great landing spot. If they don't take Jalen Carter, I think that's a great landing spot. He can sit behind Geno. He can learn. He can come in for some packages if they want him to. And I think that uh, Pete Carroll would love to have him in Seattle. So I, I do think that that probably is the best fit for him. And everybody will be watching Seattle to see when that young man gets into the game just to see how good he could be. Final soundbite I have for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast happens to be about a quarterback that we haven't talked about. The young man from Tennessee is coming back off the ACL injury, and that's Hendon Hooker. Obviously, he's the oldest quarterback in the draft coming up at, what, 25 years old. He'll be a little bit older by the time the season uh, hits. But uh, the question was real simple. Can Hendon Hooker be a first-round pick? Here's Mel Kuyper Jr. on that. I don't think – I never say never because um, I've been shocked before. Uh, I'm not going to project them to go in the first. I'm not going to have a mock draft of them in the first. I'm going to probably – I have right now a second, third-round grade on Hendon Hooker. You say, why the third – because of the injury, the durability. He's had a couple injuries. He was hurt this year. He's going to be 25 years of age. Um, played in a quarterback-friendly offense at Tennessee with some really good receivers like Jalen Hyatt and, uh, and Cedric Tillman and Brew McCoy. Um, and some good offensive linemen. Darnell Wright did a great job neutralizing Will Anderson Jr. this year. Um, so I, I think he could go second round, at worst probably third round. So there you go. You hear Mel say he doesn't think so. And look, that's good for the Raiders, right? A lot of folks, and I, I know people that talk to Dave Ziegler and talk to people inside the building, have said that the Raiders like Hendon Hooker. Uh, I always thought that he was going to end up, well, I thought he was going to be a later round pick at first, and then all of a sudden everyone started talking about him being a first round pick, and I was like, really? 
really? What's going on? And so, uh, you know, because, again, going back to what I said earlier about teams needing a quarterback so badly, uh, I could see a team going and getting him in the first round. And on top of that, being able to pick up that fifth-year option. You know, if you get him in the first round, you have an opportunity at that fifth-year option. So I could see that making sense, especially since he's coming off the ACL. But Mel doesn't see him as a day-one guy. He sees him as a day-two guy. You know, maybe round two, maybe even round three. That'd be fantastic, right? If Hendon Hooker fell to, like, round three or round two like Jalen Hurts did and the Raiders had a chance to get him, that'd be awesome, right? Because then you get your quarterback and you still get a stud defender in round one and you don't have to trade up. You don't have to trade back. You don't have to do, you can still have all your trade capital or draft capital. I think that that'd be awesome, but I just don't know if Hendon Hooker realistically is going to be there in round two, just because so many teams are quarterback needy and well, Hendon Hooker showed some really good things at Tennessee, even though he comes from that Josh Heupel offense, which is very similar to the Browse offense. When Browse was at Baylor, uh, it's very simple. Uh, doesn't really turn into a lot of NFL quarterbacks. You see all the quarterbacks that were under Bryles that are in the NFL didn't didn't pan out, right? You had Bryce Petty, you had RG3, and RG3 was more because of injury, but he washed out pretty quickly. Bryce Petty, was never he never stood a chance. Uh, he wasn't worth the salt, right? He said he learned a lot about NFL defenses from playing Madden, so that kind of tells you all that you needed to know. It just wasn't something that translated to the NFL, and so that, that Josh Heupel system is comparable to that Bryles system, and uh, we'll see if that translates, see if uh, Hendon Hooker is able to pick that up. Sounds like he's a student of the game. Uh, everything that he said at the Combine was all great. But, again, he's coming back off that ACL uh, surgery, so he has, to, he has to bounce back, he has to recover, he has to get into the book and learn the NFL game. But that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. A few little breakdowns from Mel Kuyper Jr. talking all things quarterbacks coming up in this year's NFL draft. Coming up tomorrow, we'll do other positions. We'll scatter shoot, talk a little wide receivers. We'll do a little defensive line. We'll just go through whatever Mel was talking about, cornerbacks, all kinds of different positions we'll do on tomorrow's show as we close out the week really strong. But just thought we'd separate the quarterbacks from everyone else because, well, it's the NFL and, well, the quarterbacks are separate from everybody else. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. Draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Provo in Vancouver. We're going to go through these kind of quick because I'm going kind of long on the show already. He's calling to talk about Foster Morrow and the news he shared on Wednesday about having Hodgkin's lymphoma and Trying to kick that thing. Here he is, Provo in Vancouver. Damn, Q, first tomorrow, man. Yeah, I'm sure by now you guys got the news. Um, dude, it's crazy to think about. By the way, this is Proto calling, uh, calling from Vancouver. But it's crazy to think about. If he wasn't a free agent, man, we may, he may not, not have found out about this cancer thing that he's got. Uh, so it sounds like they caught it early. Praise the Lord for that. So, But, yeah, again, I mean, once a Raider, always a Raider. So even though he's not going to be on the team anymore, you just got to kind of pray for the kid. So... Yeah, and I say kid because he's freaking 20, 25 years old. That's crazy to, look at, to think about. So, uh, but anyways, just thought you guys uh, heard about that news. I uh, just praying for the man. Like I said, once a Raider, always a Raider. So let's all just pray for him. At least have something to get our mind off the craziness of everything else that's happening. Then just get back to real life and realize there's way more things out there than football and who's signing what and what, what players our team is signing, you know? So yeah, I think it's, uh, uh, for him, hopefully he gets his thing uh, beat and it comes back to football. It, it, 
he sounded optimistic. I read the notes. He sounded really optimistic. Uh, sounds like they caught it really early, so that's really good. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for the call, my man. And, yeah, that was a shock when I saw it. And thank goodness for uh, free agent visits, right? Or you're right. They might not have caught it, and that would have been all bad. So uh, I say it all the time, and I mean it. It's way bigger than football. It's about life, and we all pray he's able to bounce back and live his best life. So, uh, Provo, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Stabler's Ghost. Hey, Q. Stabler's ghost, just a thought on the draft, and I just got to say off the top that you keep the nation up to minute on the stuff we need to know, and we appreciate you. On to the draft. I think it's going to fall that we have a shot at Gonzalez or Tyree. Either one is that alpha you were looking for. We should target Henry Hooker in the second or third and let him learn. Then go straight defense, and we'll be okay, I think. Let's go Raiders. That's from Stabler's ghost. And, yeah, man, Christian Gonzalez, Tyree Wilson, either one of those guys, I'd be thrilled if the Raiders were able to land that guy at number seven. And, look, they're going to have an opportunity if they sit there at number seven to get the best defensive player to fall to them, right? If they have four quarterbacks, even if only three quarterbacks go in the top seven, they'll still have a good opportunity to get the best defensive player. And it's funny, you got into a nice little uh, conversation, debate, whatever you want to call it, on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday. And, you know, I, I heard somebody say uh, that, well, you can't take a corner at number seven. A first-round corner is not going to cut it. And I was like, wait, hold on. As long as that's an alpha dog and that's a great player, why not? You know, if you have on your board, if the Raiders, for instance, have on their board Tyree Hills, uh, Wilson ranked higher than Christian Gonzalez and Tyree Wilson's there, then go get him. If he's the best defensive player you have on the board, when you're, it's your time to pick, go get him. But if Christian Gonzalez happens to be your best guy, or maybe even a Devon Witherspoon, if he ends up being your, the best guy there at seven, go get him. Like, don't, don't pigeonhole yourself and say, well, you know, got to have a defensive lineman, so let's go get that guy. No, just get the best stinking defensive lineman there. I, I had to finally boil it down to grades, right? Because people weren't understanding what I was saying. So finally, I had to break it down. Matter of fact, my man DeMond said something about the grades. And I said, look, in school, I didn't get very high grades. Only time I ever got an A was in PE. So you know what? If you're the Raiders, go get a bunch of A's, right? I don't care if you're getting an A in PE, an A in woodshop, an A in metal, cooking, whatever the case may be. Go get A's, right? Don't get a B. Like, why would you settle for a B if there was an A on the board, right? So that, that was really what I'm saying. Uh, look, corner, defensive line, whatever the case may be, whoever that guy is, right, go get him if he's available at number seven because the Raiders need a, as many A's as possible, right? Again, Alpha Dog. That's what that A stands for. Alpha Dog. Go get them. Stabler's Ghost. Great call, man. Definitely appreciate you. One more quick call. Yours truly in Ohio says, hey, uh, he's talking about what the Raiders are doing this offseason, the fact that fans need to relax a little while the staff is trying to put this thing together and hopefully could build some sustained success. Here he is. Yours truly in Ohio. Hey, Q. It's your boy, yours truly in Ohio. And I just want to add on to your whole Patriot Way rant. And I agree 100%, brother. People complain and moan and groan and this, that, and the other. Oh, Josh McDaniels is bringing everybody in from the Patriots. Josh McDaniels is doing this. Josh McDaniels is not a good coach because he's from the Patriots. I get he's got a bad rap. But like you said, give this staff a chance. All these people complaining, all these Raider fans complaining about this staff and Ziggler and McDaniels not making the right calls and not doing anything in free agency. Like, you, you got to trust the system. And just, you know, not trying to rub it in the faces, but since the Patriot Way is such a bad thing, like, why has it won six championships in the last 20 years? I mean, if it works, give it a chance. I don't know, man. That's just my opinion on things. I agree with you 100%. I'm a Raider fan through and through to the day I die. And, I mean, if we got to bring a little bit of that Patriot Way here, you know, and dedicate ourselves to this team, 
and the players got to dedicate themselves to this team. That's what the Patriot way is, and so be it. But, uh, yeah, man, go Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. And, I mean, it's about as simple as that, right? It's definitely not about uh, overreacting in March. And, and I refuse to overreact in March. I know some folks are, you know, kind of bent out of shape by the, the folks that the Raiders have brought in by way of free agency. But, again, you win March, you rarely win in September. I'd much rather the team win in September than win in March, right? The offseason doesn't mean anything. They got to put that thing together, come up with the best 53 guys during training camp, put them out on the field, and, oh, by the way, go and play a, a, an opponent that wants to win too. So I'd much rather see wins and, and all that good stuff in September than see, all, than, you know, see them winning right now in, uh, in March. That's not going to do a whole lot of good for them. But that's all I got time for. I went a little long in segment number two, so don't have as much time for calls and texts. But uh, coming up tomorrow's show as we close out the week, got a text from Raider Manny, a pretty lengthy one I'll get to. Big Nate in L.A. had a good call. Text from Augie from the 661, another lengthy text. I'll get all those on and then some. Plus, we'll hear some more from Mel Kuyper Jr. Coming up as we close out the week, close it out really strong, get excited for the weekend, of course, head into the next week and get a little bit closer and closer and closer to the NFL draft. So uh, again, Raider Nation, thanks so much for uh, making the Lockdown Raider podcast your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest edition of the show as soon as it's available. And of course, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, it's because of my guy, Ari. We we appreciate him. You can find him on Twitter at Ari Produces. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.